Hello and welcome to this Thursday edition of Locked on Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And Penguins, you know, just they got another win, of course, on Tuesday night in the Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada. 4-3 to three over the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, there are a few arenas that I, I probably have my, my top five, top six arenas that I would like to go to. I think T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas will be up high up there because the way it sounded like on TV, it looked sounded like a playoff atmosphere in January. It looks like it's a ton of fun. Um, you know, now I'm 22. I can go to Vegas and gamble and whatever. Um, it actually makes sense for me to go. I've always wanted to go to Vegas for as long as I can remember. Um, hopefully at some point... Over these next couple of years, I can make it happen and go out there for um, a game in Vegas because you know that that their fan base out there is rabid. It's wild, and yeah, it just it sounded like a a full on playoff game there on Tuesday night. The Penguins, of course, as I get the four to three win over the Golden Knights. Um, they did not look like it was going to be like that for a while. The Penguins, uh, they were playing out playing Vegas for probably maybe the first 10 minutes of the game. But then thereafter, I think for the last 40, 45 minutes, especially in the third period and a lot of the, most of the second period, um, the Penguins were just brutally outplayed. Um, I haven't seen, really seen the Penguins get that outplayed in the game virtually all season. They were outshot 34 to 16, if I remember correctly. Um, it's not very often that you see the Penguins uh, get less than 20 shots on goal and also allow almost 40 shots on goal in the same game. That's got to be its a very, very rare occurrence for this season. The Vegas was just coming in waves, um, hemming the Penguins in their own zone. Um, and, you know, they, it, props to Tristan Jari because he was just virtually outstanding this whole game. Um, like I said, you know, after my episode on Tuesday, you know, really wasn't worried about Jari. The Penguins were gassed on Sunday night against the Panthers. And you know, yeah, I was I was pretty right because he he came out there. They, the Penguins uh, they, they had their legs more, but they of course they are a play. But Jari looked much much sharper. He was tracking the puck, and my God, he just plays the puck so well on his stick. He's got to be one of the best puck handling um, goaltenders in the league, if not if not the best. Um, there's not many up there that can do what he does and just playing the puck behind the net, going up to the defenseman or the forwards with it. Uh, I think at some point he's probably going to attempt to score a goal. I think he's done it. Once or twice, but it's probably coming again at some point. And it wouldn't be surprising, honestly, if he um, if he did get a goal, considering how good he's playing. And he also got, uh, um, folks, he also, of course, got into the All-Star game. Congratulations to Jari. He got in place of Jonas Corposalo, who will be out, I think, for a month to a month and a half with an injury. And um, Chris Letang uh, replaced Jake Gensel in the All-Star game. So two Penguins go to the All-Star game. I was surprised um, one of those, one is Brian Russ or Vianney Malkin, Malkin, who's obviously played, I think, at a Hart Trophy pace this season. And then Brian Russ, who's just been outstanding. Um, I was surprised one of them wasn't on it, but still, congratulations to Latang and Russ for that. But back to the game. Um, you know, the, the, I really, I just, it, the ama- this was a massive, massive um, bounce back for Chris Latang, I think. Um, I love Josh Yoey's article after the game. It was kind of for the Latang stands or the Latang cult, as we call ourselves, who love Chris Latang. Um, what a marvelous game he had. Um, nothing to complain about. It was really good defensively. Um, there were plays that you know that they were hemmed in their own zone, but it wasn't because of Chris Latang. It was because of his partner that was pinching at the wrong times, and of course that's Jack Johnson, and just making bad defensive plays and just all over the ice. You know he can't be playing top pairing minutes, but hopefully. With Schultz coming back in a couple weeks, they'll bump him down, and I think Dumoulin should be back. I think by hopefully the end of the month or the start of February, which is um, 
Well, getting closer than you might think. It's already January 9th, which is pretty crazy to think about. But, you know, played 26 minutes uh, on Tuesday night. Flawless in both zones. His uh, stretch pass to Brandon Tanev to get the uh, the fourth goal, which the Penguins desperately needed, was absolutely unbelievable to pass it from all the way inside his own zone to basically the opposite blue line. Or on, on, honestly, it was right before the blue line. And then Tanev just makes a hell of a move to go uh, backhand, forehand, evade. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury's poke check and Fleury, you know, um, one of the best goaltenders um, of the generation in the shootout, pro- and probably uh, um, not shootout of breakaways, probably one of the best goaltenders of this generation or breakaways and probably ever. Um, he's able to beat Fleury forehand side to make it four two. That that goal was just so massive. Uh, but yeah, Chris Letang is just unbelievable game. You know, that's exactly what you want to see from someone who's been struggling a little bit these past couple weeks, you know, like I said on Tuesday, you know, you can have a discussion about Latang without like, you know, you know, saying, oh my God, he sucks. You know, every player goes through a rut once in a while, you know, he can have, you know, three quarters of his season, probably more, maybe 85% of his season be flawless. And maybe that other 15% is just, you know what, it's bad, you know, but you know, he, he played, he's played very good this season for the most part. He's been very, very good in his career with the Penguins, and that, that game just showed you why he's so important to this team. Um, his possession, um, I know it's, his possession's not that good with Jack Johnson, but away from Jack Johnson, it's around 58%. They control more chances when he's on the ice as to when he's off the ice. Um, they allow fewer chances defensively when he's on the ice compared to when he's not on the ice. He's just he brings so much. He's just so positive to the team, and it's just he's just so much fun to watch. I loved watching him play that game, and you know, I've read so many times, you know, he's one of the hardest working players. He takes pride. Like I guess on Tuesday, he takes pride in the way he plays. You know, you know how much it means to him. Even when he messes up, you can see the dissatisfaction on his face. I just remember looking at the exit interviews last year after the series sweep against the Islanders, and he was he was pretty defensive. About, you know, he's like he was like, you know, if you don't want me to make a mistake, okay, I won't make a mistake. I'll be fully free mistake. And he was just being a little sarcastic about, it, which is funny, but he was miffed with his play, and you know. It's great that he's that this was a huge bounce back game for him, and I can't be any more happier for him. Uh, it was just awesome. But also, um, well, uh, Brandon Tanev, guys, um, I, I, I'm running out of things to say. I can thank Jeff again for having me be wrong about Brandon Tanev. That's another goal for Brandon Tanev on this season. I think that bumps his total up to. Um, let me check real quick. I think he's up to ten now, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, nine, no, one away. 20 points in 43 games. Uh, last year, for the Winnipeg Jets, he had 29 points in 80 games. He's already at 20 points um, halfway through the season, so I think he may shatter that record. But um, his career high, obviously, was 14 goals with Winnipeg. I think he'll um, be able to break that this season. But his goal on that breakaway was just uh, spectacular. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the Penguins' best penalty killers on that penalty kill at the end of the game when Malkin took that penalty was perhaps the Penguins' best penalty kill of the season. Shea Theodore was coming in almost by the slot. Looked like he had a clear angle for a potential goal. And Tana just gets in front of it and blocks it. And you know what? That was just absolutely awesome. You know, he's he's one of their best penalty killers. He can block shots. You know, he's blocked a lot of shots um, this season. And I'm surprised he hasn't gotten hurt yet. Extending the Penguins injury bug. But um, he, he just, he does everything so well. And, you know, I know that, you know, the turn may not be the best, you know, six years, whatever, but, you know, at this point, who's really going to care? Six years down the line when Crosby and Malkin are just almost retired at this point, but um, what a signing he's been. 
Um, I, I can't say anything more about it, honestly. You know, I think him, uh, that fourth line that he's probably going to play on with uh, Bluger and Ashton Reese when everyone gets healthy besides Jake Ensel, that fourth line is going to drive people fits, folks. Um, that fourth line is going to be, I think, one of the best fourth lines in the league. Um, yeah, even better than the Islanders' infamous best fourth line in hockey with Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Zizekas, and Matt Martin. Blech! Um, this line actually has a bunch more skill than that line, but also I always like to tease that because that line was never the best fourth line in hockey. Just made a bunch of made-up crap from Islanders' hands. But, yeah, that was, that was just, you know, awesome. Yeah, great. I, he's just, he's he's spectacular. I, I don't know what else to say about him. Uh He's only going to keep getting better and better, I think, this season. I haven't really said a bad thing about him all season. So, yeah, that was just really, really good games from both those players. And we'll also keep talking about who else I thought played really well uh, coming up after this break. I also thought, folks, um, coming up um, coming up now, I guess, I don't know why I keep stuttering my words, about um, Evgeny Malkin, another really, really good game from him. That um, goal to open the game. Oh, wow. What a backhand. <laughs> Boy, that was just... Um, obliterated that puck from uh, a little about, I think it was about 15 feet out. Um, just blew it past Lurie after a big scramble in front. Um, that's got to be one of Malkin's best backhands um, of his career. Probably definitely one of the best one of the season. It was a vintage Malkin backhand. I don't know how he got that much juice and zip on it, but I don't question of getting Malkin anymore with how much he's done in his career. Uh, that that goal was just wow. That that was awesome. I thought he was really really good. Throughout the game, I know he's been taking a little more penalties um, than normal, which is a little bit annoying, considering he's been he's been mostly really really good at not taking as many penalties as he did last season. But still, his last handful of games, he's been taking a little bit more penalties. He's got to get away from that. Got to stop taking penalties. But um, thought overall, you know, he's been really good defensively in his own zone this season. That was another really good goal, and you know, he just keeps building on another great season. And it looks like he's going to be getting his number one center back, Sidney Crosby, folks, who. It's looking like I think that he's going to come back against the Colorado Avalanche. Um, skated again yesterday. Um, I know they didn't do line rushes, but it was an optional skate. They have a full practice today. Be curious to see. I'm sure he'll be there if he takes line rushes and is on the power play and whatever. Expect to see him in the lineup tomorrow night. There's always, I know, a lot of Penguins fans that come out for the game in Colorado since there's a good contingent of Penguins fans out there. Good chance, folks, that if you're listening to this out in Colorado, if any of you guys are out there, um, he'll be back tomorrow night. Um, I think so. I definitely think so at this point. And that'll be such a welcome return. What a stretch that they navigated without him. So good news on Sidney Crosby. Uh, back to the game, though. Patrick Hornquist, guys, gets his 10th goal of the season. And he's only a play, uh, played, folks, in 25 games. Uh, that's crazy to me that he has 10 goals in 25 games. Um, it's just been a whole another level for Patrick Hornquist this season. And, you know, I've, just, I've said it so many times. I'm going to keep saying it. When he's healthy... He can produce like this. The biggest thing is these past couple of seasons, he's got to stop uh, getting hurt. I know the concussions have been, you know, some freak uh, freak events, some injuries have as well. But, you know, it really just it screws up his game. But now that he's fully healthy, he's producing like he once was early in the career with the Penguins. And it's really just been a renaissance season for the Penguins. And it's great to see Hornquist, you know, his play kind of dunking on some haters going into the season that, Oh, well, you know, I don't know if he fits in the Penguins' top 12 forwards or not. And, I mean, he definitely fits in their top nine now, at least. Um, I know he probably he's not a first-line winger anymore. Maybe not a second-line winger. But then you can probably put him up there at some point for a little portion of the time. But still, he's still a very, very good player. Um, if he stays healthy for the rest of the season, I can see him getting close to 20 goals or maybe even over 20 goals. 
Um, he's just he's just on a really big hot streak right now, and you know if he keeps playing like this, the, the more the better because he does make five million per year. But um, he's just he's he's getting back to his game. He's being a menace in front of the net. The goal that he scored in the Vegas game, he was at the front of the net, just got in a rebound, put uh, put a pass Lori when he had no chance. Just I'm a really really great goal for Hornquist, and you know that's exactly what it's his bread and butter. And, you know, great to see him playing well because, you know, he definitely deserves it after all the injuries um, that he's gone through the past couple of seasons. He just needs to stay healthy. And um, we we hope, I mean, I hope that he stays healthy for um, the rest of the season. Uh, that's for sure. Um, also, score who scored in this game? Uh, Dominic Cahoon gets his 10th goal of the season. I think he's almost on pace to shatter, I mean, his career high from uh, last season. Um, I'm trying to figure out what his... Uh, how many goals he had last season? Um, yeah, 13. So he had with the Chicago Blackhawks last season, who were pretty bad offensively, 13 goals, 37 points in 82 games. Already halfway through the season, folks, 10 goals, 23 points in 42 games. And that was also after he basically like almost missed the first 10 games of the season, considering how bad he was. It was, it was almost as like he was like hurt for the first 10 games, or it was just he just wasn't there. But ever since then, you know, just another goal for him. It was on the uh, second power play unit. Uh, John Marino gets another assist on it, but still, um, he's definitely on pace to shatter that 13-goal mark that he had in the full season last year. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he gets close to 20 this season or perhaps gets over 20, considering he has 10 through 42. Um, and just, you know, w- w- what a player that Dominic Cahoon has become. He's just, like I said, he's just been a different player ever since those first 10 games where he snapped out of his funk right after that where he scored his first one. And he's just, you know, this is going to go down, I think, as one of Jim Rutherford's um, best moves um, as his tenure as Penguins GM. It just, you know, this trade just keeps looking better and better. I can't believe the Penguins um, only gave up Oli Mata for him. Just consider that. And Oli Mata barely even scores. And, and it's just, it's pretty crazy to think that, you know, they just, they got him only for or Oli Mata. And, you know, his defense has also just not been as good as it was. His skating has slowed down. But, I mean, yeah, I just, I can't believe that they got, you know, this amount of production for just Oli Mata. That's got to go down as probably one of um, Stan Bowman's. I'd say worst trades of his Blackhawks career, even though he's been trending down a lot the past couple of seasons, and also the Blackhawks have just um, not been good. But yeah, just another game, another goal for Dominic Cahoon. Um, I just can't keep. To, I just can't wait to keep watching him throughout the rest of the season. He's just been another one of Pittsburgh's unsung heroes. I think the, the the Penguins at this point. I need to look at their stat page to see how many players that they have that already have ten goals or more this season. And uh, having now just pulled it up, um, so of course Jake Gensel, but he's out here, 20 goals of Yanni Malkin. So one, two, three, four, five, six. So six players right now. Sydney will, uh, well, seven, actually seven uh, players right now with 10 or more goals. Uh, probably by the end of the season, it will be about nine, considering Brandon Tana's at nine. He'll be getting there. So it'll be eight. And then Sydney Crosby, um, he has five goals, but I mean, he still has a half a season basically left. Um, to get uh, five more goals, which he obviously will. It's uh, it's it's Sidney Crosby, folks. So, um, but yeah, it's it's pretty crazy how there's so many Penguins that already have ten or more goals this season, and we're not even halfway through. Other players who I could see getting it, um, potentially um, Dominic Simone if he gets more goal scoring luck. He has four goals only. Teddy Bluger has five. He could potentially maybe get five more through the second half. Zach Ashton Reese has five goals through uh, 43 games. Sam Lafferty, I don't think we'll get there. But those are the players I think I could see potentially getting. Um, 10 goals. I don't think Nick Bukestad will be able to do it. He's only played in 10 games, even though his, his return is nearing, but he's just been 
just it's just not been a real fit. I could see the Penguins potentially uh, trading him. And then compared to last season, where the Penguins only had let's take a look to see how many players that has uh, at least ten or more goals last season. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, um, eight. Let me make sure. Is that is that it? Yeah. So eight players only last season that had it. And we're already halfway through the season and seven goals, players, seven goals, seven players of this Penguin season already have 10 or more goals. And they're on pace to definitely break that record from last season. We're not even halfway through it, which I find that um, to be completely um, insane. That's just, that's just spectacular. So folks, I figured for this last segment, um, since um, there's obviously not too much, too much going on right now, but I was watching um, NHL on NBC last night. I was watching bits and pieces of the uh, Peng- oh, Penguins game, the um, the Flyers Capitals game, which I was rooting for the asteroid to hit because um, both teams can just you know get lost at this point. But um, before the game, Bob McKenzie was talking about the Penguins. Um, he thought that there's not really a chance that Sidney Crosby comes back this week, or he doesn't think it seems likely though. I mean, this went for everything that what I've been reading. It sounds like he is going to come back. So I don't know what Bob was talking about with that, but it also went into some trade talk and. You know, he did confirm, as well as Elliot Friedman did in his 31 thoughts, that Penguins are now really looking at some forwards now that Jake Ensel is out for the rest of the regular season and perhaps the playoffs. And now that they have six more million to play with in salary cap space, because if Jake Ensel does come back for the playoffs, it doesn't matter because there's no salary cap in the playoffs. So Penguins could go after some potential high ranking forwards. Um, he thinks that the Penguins could be interested in Tyler Toffoli, and his price tag uh, may only be a second round pick that he's been told, or if there's more bidding. Um, it could be a second-round pick plus a prospect. Um, I do like Tyler Toffoli. I know he generates a lot of shots. You know, his expected goals is is fine. You know, I also know that he plays on the offensively um, Baron L.A. Kings, which is, you know, they're not good offensively. I think he would fit in pretty well here. I just, when I hear all these names floating around, like, I just, I just feel like Jim Rutherford is going to... Um, pull something something out of his ass and trade for a player that no one is going to think of. You know, he did this last season with Nick Bukestad and Jared McCann. You know, he signed Brandon Tanev out of nowhere this season. I don't think anyone saw that coming. He traded for some reason for, for Eric Branson, of course. Last trade deadline for Tanner Pearson out of nowhere. Um, the Phil Kessel deal, I feel like, came a little bit out of nowhere since I don't really think he was linked to the Penguins a lot. Um yeah, you know, it's just he just he works in the shadows a lot. And I think he comes up with players that not a lot of people potentially come up with. Um, I know the name Brandon Saad has been flowing out, flowing around out there. Um, I've, I've read the reports that you know the Penguins have you know really wanted to bring him home after missing out on him a few times trading for him, especially when he went to Columbus. The Penguins were in on that. I think Jim Rutherford even confirmed that in a press conference before he went to Columbus that, yeah, you know, we were trying again, but that was of course a week later. Of course, they end up with Phil Kessel, so it was kind of a mute point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I feel like it's going to be a top six winger that, you know, comes out of nowhere. I don't really know, have any names at this point. I know there's obviously people that want Jason Zucker to come and he's going to be returning to practice. And I think that would be a hell of a fit. I know Jim Rutherford tried to acquire him, um, over the off season in exchange for Phil Kessel. And if Jack Johnson was going to be shipped out in that deal, um, I, I would still wish that trade would have went through because Jason Zucker is a hell of a winger. Definitely would have been much better than Alex Galchenyuk. Um, I still think Galchenyuk is going to get traded, they, um, whether it's in the deal for a winger or it's in a separate salary dump deal to free up almost $5 million more in cap. Consider that, folks. If they dump Galchenyuk to a team, they could have almost 11, like 10 to $11 million in salary cap space freed up to go out and get a, um, 
a winger. And, you know, that's not really been the norm for the Penguins, considering they're always, always, always up against the cap. But, yeah, I mean, I've seen all the rumors. You know, I've seen on Twitter today, Mike Hoffman, you know, really good goal scorer. But outside of that, you know, it doesn't really, you know, do, do too much. Uh, I mean, he also, he hasn't scored as well as he did. Um, when he was in Ottawa, he's kind of trending down a little bit. So that would that would be a little bit um, on my lower list of players. But, you know, I've seen the Toffoli on Chris Kreider. He would be my top guy, I think, to go get. I love the way Kreider plays. He's just a menace in front of the net. He drives opponents crazy. He's a really good goal scorer, great playmaker. Um, the only thing is, you know, would the Rangers want to trade him inside the Metropolitan Division? Have my doubts on that, I think. Um, I don't really think that um, they would do that, and I think the price for Kreider would be sky high. We'll also have to see if the Rangers are still kind of in the playoff race, though I don't think they expect to be. Um, they're also going to have to deal with what with their three-goalie situation is. I don't think they're going to trade Henrik Lundqvist. He's going to want to retire there. It could be Georgia they may um, trade, since they just called up their um, their other AHL goalie, who got his first NHL win, of course, against Colorado Avalanche, will be th- which will be the Penguins' next opponent um, this Friday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, at the Pepsi Center. In Denver, Colorado, that's another arena where I would love to go, especially when they play the uh, the little uh, the Mario sign when they um, they call off a, when Avalanche call off a penalty, uh, they do the Mario the Mario sound from us uh, Mario's and it's just it's really really funny. But yeah, I mean that's really all I have for Locked On Penguins today. Um, I still want to you know. Hopefully, there's more names that I can think of um, that the Penguins could acquire as that we get closer to the deadline. Trade talk is really going to ramp up really soon now, folks. Um, we're getting closer and closer to the deadline. I think the deadline this year is, let me check, I think it's, yeah, February 24th. So, you know, one, two, three, four, five. So about seven weeks away is the, uh, about, some, about six and a half weeks, I think, at this point. So thank you guys so much for listening to Locked On Penguins, and we'll talk to you all soon.